Happy Monday. It's Monday, Monday, Monday. <laughs> Hope you had a good weekend. We are back with the dose. Clearly, it's, it's Monday. It's, it's, it's Monday. 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 Did I tell you guys it's, it's Monday? Jacked yeah. up. Just want to make sure stoked. you guys know it's Monday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's good to be back uh, this year. It's crazy to say already floating through February. I mean, my goodness, we're going to be March 1st. I, I don't even know what's happened, which is good. It's great. It's moving. We're busy. Lots going on. We have uh, Tori Ellens back in the house with us talking about her business and life and just in general what you've been doing and what you've created. This amazing team, super productive uh, but uh, every single one of your team members is is productive. You are coaching them, you're training them, and showing them right now in this difficult, well, not difficult, but interesting market with what we don't have available at our fingertips, but how to create opportunities. With that said, mouthful, let's talk about some of the stats and opportunities and what the market actually looks like right now in reality, as opposed to maybe what we're all hearing or guessing. Right. So... <sighs> When you hear people ask you, what, how do you know the market's not going to crash? Uh, the first thing <laughs> I like to do is point out the differences from a market today versus when it crashed, right? One of the biggest differences is inventory. We had an inventory surplus back when the market crashed. We have an inventory shortage right now. And uh, there's so many other things, um, you know, such as of 47 recessions, how many has real estate caused we know that, right? But we're leading the recovery of, of what's happening in our economy right now. And I know that there's a lot of things happening, you know, if you have different jobs. One of my, um, one of my protege agents uh, last year during COVID had been in real estate before, went back to his a life of bartending and uh, got introduced to me. And I'm like, this is perfect <laughs> because I know he'd be very good if we just trained him and came on board. And my goal with him was never to go back to the bar when it reopened. And he hasn't. And uh, he transitioned from our mentorship program of a showing agent and mentoring and learning into full-time agent. And he's already almost at $2 million this year alone. So, you know, you look at like the differences in um, poor me and there's low inventory and there's all these things. And then you have to create an opportunity and make that decision to make your path better. Um, so there is low inventory. There's five buyers for every home again across the board. But when you can educate your buyers on what they're going to expect, I, I like to call that a buyer consult. Um, and right now, if you have people moving from out of state, sitting down with them on Zoom has become extremely accessible and normal. People are used to Zoom right now. So doing that buyer consult and mailing them out a packet about Arizona home purchases, but sitting down and explaining to them what our market is and how um, we can be successful, but what they're going to expect, I think that's crucial. It's also crucial to explain to them what are the drivers to our market? You know, what it's not just that we're a great tourist spot, right? We've seen that this year. A lot of our big events have been canceled. And yes, we know that that's hurting us. But at the same time, we still have all the major trades that are, you know, booming Amazon and all these things that are being built and the, the healthcare industry that's still going crazy here. So all the major draws to our city and why we're performing at the level we are. And even our outlying markets. I also, top five in all these things, job growth, income growth, corporate relocation, um, we're still lead, leading in top 10 in terms of overall, you know, population. People are moving here versus moving away from here. Yeah, and we're in the you top know, three for growth predictions for right? this year. Yeah, and it's only, again, we have so much room to go outside of the, you know, the valley, so to speak, right? What we all call, obviously, the valley. 
you know, if you go outside, there's still so much opportunity. You know, the other thing I think that it's a much different market because, you know, we don't have, you know, there's a certain percentage, first of all, that of uh, agents, of course, I think, I think we just heard a statistic of the uh, amount of agents that have been licensed for, you know, under two years or then under five years. I mean, it almost makes up the majority of the agents of our entire population, which is crazy to think about. But the point of all that is that they never went through the financing background, <laughs> right? That we all have experienced with, you know, the stated loans, right? Mm. Hey, Mark Hutchins worked there. Yes, he does. He makes X amount. Yes, he does. Okay, okay cool. Talk to you later. I don't need any He's more. Approved. Yeah. Right. approved. He's qualified. I just saw, I guess, you know, the big stamp, the big approved stamp. He, I don't know why that just went through my head, but <laughs> that's you know, how it was. <laughs> it's approved. You could get a loan you drawn know, and yeah. underwritten and right. docs so, out in one day back but, then. <laughs> but that obviously led to, of course, there was a lot of people that were open and honest and they did make that kind of income and they're all good, but there's a lot of people that did not. Right. And obviously it led to the, you know, and then the subprime lending and everything else that kind of led to that downturn. We don't have that now. Right. 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 There's that no does, toxic debt. The toxic debt is not out there. It's of gone. course, again, life happens. People, especially through this COVID nonsense, people it's lose bad. jobs or they have less income or life happens and life changes, of course. But generally speaking, like you said, the amount of inventory that we have right now, I mean, those types of little economic indicators, even if they spiked up a little bit, the market would be the demand is just too strong. So right. as far as the eye can see, right? Well, and the average person in forbearance <clears throat> has 30% equity or better. Right, right. right. So, so, so we're not going to see this. Right. Thing. Yeah, it's right. just, it's right. not going to Everybody's happen. talking forbearance and I'm like, let them come to market. We need right. it, yeah. right? Yeah. But we're seeing the reverse. They're coming out of that forbearance mm -hmm. and they're okay. Right. Um, the other thing, though, too, is is that you really, again, you have to understand that the buyers are relying on you. This is a big deal for them. It's emotional, whether they're reloading here or they live here already, they're buying, they're selling. This is a very emotional process for them. You are the one person that should be the non-emotional factor in the transaction, yep. navigating them through, but taking care of them. I mean, that's, again, as a new agent, there's so much they have to learn. You know, get a mentor, like get somebody that you can shadow and learn from because this career is not just about opening doors or filling out contracts. This is career is about taking somebody from A to Z, protecting them, making sure they're educated enough that they feel comfortable, that they know you were there every step of the way, and that we successfully got the offer out of 15 others. And the number one thing, oh, well, it's the price. It's cash. It's this. You know what? There's so many reasons why that isn't always the best offer, right? It's not always the cash or it's not always this weekend I listed two. Both of them went with eight, 10 offers and I had cash offers and we didn't go with the cash people. So it's not always what you expect it to be, but it comes from you, the agent, presenting your clients and you as an agent and so why you're like? the best. Why so, did you choose the financing offers? And then how, if we're on the buy side, how do we get it accepted? So one of them, um, I can tell you the very first one this weekend, it always starts with the agent reaching out to me. I want to know about you and I want to know about your buyer. Because if I put you under contract for 20 grand above list, but you're not in control of the situation and your buyer's going to come in during the Benzer and ask for uh, the littlest of repairs and just nitpick this thing apart, I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to deal with an agent that- We don't need to. Right, right, now, right, right. That the clients are controlling the situation. You should be in control of the situation as the agent. You should be navigating your clients to the best path they should be on. <laughs> but you're the one that knows that path. They do not. How many homes have you bought or sold? How many has your clients? Who should be a better 
right. you know, negotiator and better navigator. Now, if you've only sold two homes and the client has sold six, maybe right. they need a better agent. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but in which case, my number <laughs> exactly always available. Yeah. Shameless uh, plug. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but you know, the reality is, is that that's where it starts, right? So pick up the phone, and I have my clients or my agents do this. Pick up the phone. I do it personally too. Hey, this is Tori. I'm going to be sending you an offer on XYZ. I need you to know about myself, how many transactions I've personally done. We are not going to have a hiccup with the Benzer. We're not going to ask for little things. We're going to get this file to closing. We're using a local lender. My lender is done. Yeah, exactly. And and then talking about the buyer too. Um, There's all kinds of things you can do. I've heard people say that letters don't work anymore. They do. Uh, Just last week, we submitted against multiple and the deciding factor was not that we had the best price. It was that we had the best letter. Cool. So they still work, right? But telling that listing agent what they can expect about you and your buyer and the lender, if there's one involved, that's important. And then finding out what's important to the seller. Because all too many agents, they don't even do that. They draft up a contract. Send it over without they a email call or anything. It with yeah. nothing. Yeah, with nothing. Tries so you bonkers. don't know if the yeah. seller cares about a 30-day right. close or right. a 60-day close. Do they care? Is the furniture an issue? We have so many people, especially like if they're in Canada and they're selling their properties here. Most of them do not want to deal with that furniture. But find out what the seller wants. What's important yeah, to them, right. right? And then base your offer and around meet that. It, right. Correct. Meet it if you can. Yep. If After. you can, right. Yeah. And the, again, tricks like appraisal, I just had an agent, submitted the offer. They actually got the offer on, this is the second property. But I said to her, you you have the best offer all around. I like it. And you say you've done, you know, multiple millions in production. Cool. Millions, billions, trillions, gazillions yes. in production. Right. But how come you don't have an appraisal protection on this? Right. And she didn't even know what that was. So then I'm like, well, I'm happy to educate you. I'll write it in the counter. So right. I told her what it meant. And then we got that over market value in appraisal protection, I wrote the clause. (laughs) And again, it's all perspective, right? So that clause, I wrote it that uh, in the event of a low appraisal, and we put the proper verbiage in there that we would secure X amount above the sales price or the appraised value um, up to the maximum sales price. But when we write that as buyer's agents, there's also a little clause in there that we put at the end that states that the seller is willing to accept the appraised value. Now, as a listing agent, I would never let my seller sign off on that. But so many people aren't educated on these clauses and they have their people sign them. Cool. So appraisal comes in 20K low. We've protected it by five grand. Our buyers are thrilled. So it's about knowing your resources and your tools and then using them to your advantage, Mm -hmm. but also finding out what's important to that seller. We have to go above and beyond, right? We have to communicate better than ever. We have to, again, tap in and understand what's important to the sellers. We have to understand contracts and verbiage and clauses and all these things that you that you're, you know, you're talking about, we have to truly earn our, right. earn it, right? This you know, is, and, if you're not having fires, you're not selling real estate. Right. If you're right. not working harder than you thought you right. ever would, then you're not doing real estate at a real level. Yep. Hey, and look, this too shall pass, right? And this is, this is an opportunity for people to truly get um, some grit, right? And some toughness and go through a little bit, you know, a little adversity and, there will, I don't know that it's coming anytime soon. I, I, I think that we're going to have a, an inventory issue for same thing goes for there as far as the eye can see, right. because you're going to have a lot of people that are in their homes that are comfortable enough, super low interest rate, unless they have a life changing event, right? Get married, get divorced, whatever. Maybe fall downstairs. Maybe they fall don't down like stairs. 14 <laughs> stairs. The over under is 14 <laughs> stairs though. Um, if it's 14 or more, they might, you know. Um, otherwise they're going to, they're going to say, well, I don't hate my home. So we're going to, we're going to have this issue for, 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 I think for a while, but, um, but in this market, another thing that agents have to start learning is what you're worth. 
Because if you're working massively hard for these clients and you are going to be working harder, you are going to be showing them substantially more homes, 100%. then you're worth what you decide your commission should be. Yep. But that's not what we're seeing on the listings, right? We're seeing cut commissions. Um, I saw one over the weekend, a mil point four. The commission was $5,000. I oh, mean, come on. Oh. I know. Weak agents, but they're whoever out that, there. Whoever oh. that agent is, get out of the business. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. They're not yeah, with yeah, my yeah. home. Rhymes with. We know they're not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, you know, I mean, that's. On a sales size there, that's just, you know, that's not, you know, it's, come on. It's ridiculous, but it's happening. So as an agent, what are you worth? And that's something I have dug into beginning in January of this year. Because I did a little analogy for my for my agents and my team, and I said, I wrote it on the board how much money we lost in cut commissions last year. Now, there's a difference between a cut commission and a business decision, okay? I door knock and I put together a deal that I wouldn't have had. I'm making a business decision to do it at 5%. I'm happy to do that because I didn't have either of those sides, right? right? That's a business decision. The seller's happy. They're saving a little bit of money. And then, oh, you're going to buy with me? Sure, I'll help you, it's whatever. a business decision. Exactly. A business decision versus commission cuts. But commission cuts are real. And if you do not know your value and you do not know how to explain that to the client, then congratulations, you're going to work twice as hard and make less money than you did last year. And you saw it the first half of last year, commission cuts weren't as big of a deal. But as I track and measure every single number, we started to see it happen. And that was my thing as a leader was to take my team and say, do you feel you're worth this? So we are now tracking their average commission. And that number should go up because if it's not, then do you know your value? Get better. Right? Yeah. If I know my value, I'm going to be able to tell you, like, if you're my buyer, I can tell you exactly what I'm worth and why. And you're going to pay what I'm worth because I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of on another level that you're not used to. I'm going to make sure that when you're done with this, that you look at me and go, this is the best transaction I've ever done. And I've bought and sold. I have a guy right now. I've heard that probably 15 times in the last week. He was bent that he was selling to Open Door. Week and a half ago, he was bent. This is what I'm doing. I did it last time and I'm going to do it. And I said, can I explain to you what that is? Can I explain to you what Open Door is? And can I explain to you how much money you're going to potentially lose? And then at the end of it, I said, listen, even if you lose $1,000, do you have $1,000 to give away? Because if you do, I'll, I'll charge you it. more commission, yeah, right? right? Yeah. But if you're comfortable at this number, I know I can sell it for this. And here's the deal. If you don't trust me, we just met. Great. If I can't do what I'm telling you I'll do, then go to Open Door. Then go sell it to a wholesaler. I'll be there. I've got some in my pocket you can sell to. Right. I might buy it if you want to yeah. sell for that low. <laughs> right. But the reality is, is that I sold his for 25 grand higher than he thought was even worth it. That 25 grand wasn't even what his number that he was going to make. So when you all in to a wholesaler, he was going to make like about 40,000, 45,000 less than what we walked with. And I sold his house in one day. Yeah, that's part of the market, but part of the marketing and pricing plays there too. Absolutely. And, and he's on to his next and guiding one. them. Correct. And being professional, communicating, or, you know, explicitly communicating that. Right. And then, and again, telling someone what you're there to do, what am I worth and why? And then going after and doing what you told them you do. Right. They're under contract on their next home. We negotiated to have the, the offer that they're purchasing. Not only did they accept it contingent, but we talked them into taking the home off the market for the weekend so I could sell the listing. So the contingency was valid. <laughs> oh my so goodness. It's just about negotiations, right? Wow. But this guy, over the course of a week, no less than 15 times, it says how different. And he buys and sells every three years. So again, what are you worth and why? And Love I think it. that as agents, especially in our market, you have to know what you're worth. Yep. Now, if you're not worth much, 
have fun with those cut commissions, yeah, but, yeah, but you should be worth, you know, the work and the effort. Yeah. I th- and fully, I think that's something they got to look Love at. It. Well, let's stop there for today. We'll continue again tomorrow. That's all good stuff. Good nuggets. These are, these are things that we don't discuss, you know, as a, as an industry together and need to collaborate more on it too, as a company. So we'll get into our stats tomorrow because we didn't do that because oh. yours were way better than oh, ours. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thanks to Alliance Property Inspections and VIP Mortgage. Have a good one. See, See ya. ya. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>